Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll get started in just a moment, but first let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Violet Defense for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement their existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for their support and go to their website at violetdefense.com for more information. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. You've heard me say that we have a Sideline Interactive video scoring table in our gym, and it is a fantastic product. You really need to check it out. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo to see their tables and boards in action and find out exactly what these fantastic products can do for you. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. You won't be disappointed. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, Wall of Fame has a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen options and an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, visit vitalsignswalloffame.com or learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute, call them at 614-981-3589 or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank Huddle. At Huddle, we power sports. Over 180,000 teams, including the best in the world, are using Huddle to help the performance of their student athletes and their teams using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete platform with online tools, desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus, analytics, and a whole lot more. Huddle is built for every level of play, starting with the club and the youth levels, up through high school, college, and even the professional ranks are using Huddle to help their teams get better. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and definitely the coaches of the college and university teams that you're trying to get your kids recruited to. If you want to find out more about Huddle or find out how your school can become a Huddle school, go to their website at huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, Huddle, we power sports. 
We also want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect some comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also gives you access to the 95% of the players and parents who really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. And we want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Learn more at hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Amanda Fonts. Uh, Amanda's a longtime AD in Kansas. She's currently the assistant principal and athletic director at the Lawrence Free State High School. Dr. Fonts, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Well, you come very highly recommended and... Uh, you and I were talking a little bit before we came on. Uh, I know it's going to be a great episode, so let's jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and, and maybe how your uh, path has led you to Lawrence Free State High School. Sure. So I actually grew up in the Kansas City area. Uh, both my parents moved here uh, when they turned 18 years old, believe it or not, met here in Kansas City. Um, so I've lived here my entire life. I do have an older sister. I uh, grew up in Independence, Missouri, and then moved to Olathe, Kansas when I was 14. Um, so I am a graduate of Olathe North High School, which I am very proud of. Um, once an eagle, always an eagle. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Mid-American Nazarene University, which is where I graduated with my bachelor's degree. Um, as far as sports are concerned, my family was always very heavily into sports. Uh, my dad was uh, in the Marine Corps, and so just in his job, he actually retired from the Marine Corps. So he was an avid runner, played racquetball, um, and it was just, we were always just a very sports-minded family. We were always watching the Steelers, because that's where my dad is a pride Steeler fan. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and then also, you know, the Royals, my parents used to go to Royals games and things like that. So we were always very sports minded. Um, I actually didn't start playing sports though until when I was in fifth grade, which was later than what I think most are getting into athletics now. Um, but I kind of dipped my toe in the water with basketball, uh, which was a great experience. My dad was one of the assistant coaches. Um, and we had a lot of fun times together. We had a lot of quiet rides home in the car. I can tell you that after practicing games, but I played basketball, volleyball, softball when I very first started out. Um, and then by the time I got to the high school level, I pretty much just focused on basketball only. Um, played all four years at Olathe Norris as a four-year varsity winner and then um, made four trips to the state tournament. Um, unfortunately, my senior year, we were 24-0 going into the state championship game and we lost. Um, so it's still very hurtful to me. I can remember who we played. I can remember a lot of details about that game, which is so funny. It was so long ago, but 
Um, from Olathe North, I transitioned to Mid-American Nazarene University, which is in Olathe. And I was there on scholarship to play basketball, but I had three knee surgeries my first 18 months there. So one, and then six months later, six months later, six months later. So after that third knee surgery, I was, I was ready to hang it up. Um, the wear and tear and the recovery and, and rehab and everything, it was just, it was all consuming. And I knew at that point, my playing time was probably limited. I was a year behind everybody else. So it was time for me really to settle in and focus on studies. So I graduated from there uh, with a bachelor's in social studies, comprehensive education. I have a minor in history and a minor in Spanish, which is a little trivia people don't know about me. Um, from in America, I moved on to back to Olathe North and I was able to do my student teaching there. Um, so I had a, this is just kind of fun story. I had a government teacher my senior year. So going into senior year, I thought I was going to be an attorney. Teaching, athletic director, never on my roadmap whatsoever. Uh, but I had a, 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 my government teacher my senior year of high school, Mr. Paul Williams, he had me hooked on education and he completely changed the direction of my life and the path I went on because it was not at all what I thought I was going to do. Um, but it was really neat because I got to go back to Olathe North and student teach alongside him. And then I also was able to teach at Olathe North for nine years. Um, so really very fortunate in my kind of my educational path as far as being in the classroom. Um, Olathe North was all I knew for a very long time. So as a teacher, I taught social studies in AVID for nine years, and I was also the varsity girls basketball coach during that time for, for five years. And then one of my mentors said, yeah, we had a conversation about the direction I was going to so I enjoyed my time student teaching alongside, you know, Mr. Williams, who was kind of the person who completely changed the path of my life. Um, I taught social studies in AVID at Olathe North for nine years. And during those nine years, I was also the varsity girls basketball coach for five. Um, after that fifth year of coaching, I had my principal sat me down. Um, this is, again, one of those kind of life shifts that I've experienced with mentors in my life. Um, and she asked me, you know, is this really what you want to do for the rest of your life? And I'm thinking, you know, I'm in my mid-20s, I'm teaching, I'm coaching at my old high school where I graduated from. Yeah, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. And, you know, are you really sure this is what you want to do with the rest? <laughs> yes. Well, I think that maybe you should consider this as a different option for the rest of your life. And so her name was Connie Heinen, Dr. Heinen. Um, and she saw in me leadership potential that I didn't know existed, to be completely honest with you. I enjoyed teaching. I enjoyed coaching. I enjoyed being, you know, serving school however I possibly could, especially giving back to where I come from. Um, but I never really saw myself getting out of the classroom because I love that interaction with students on a regular basis. Um, but we sat down and had a, a lot of different conversations, and it ultimately led to me resigning from coaching and starting my master's program. So I continued to teach there those last two years when I was working on my master's work. Um, and then an opportunity actually happened late um, in the school year that a job opened at Olathe East to be a, an assistant principal and the activities director. So I applied for that job and I got it right as I was finishing my master's program. And so I went from being an Eagle all my life to then going across town to becoming an Olathe East Hawk um, and wearing orange. 
So that was a great experience at Olathe East. Like I said, for five years there, assistant principal and activities director. So you talk about culture shock for me. One, I'm in a completely different building from what I've only known since I was a freshman in high school. Um, but I'm also working with activities, which was way out of my wheelhouse, you know, cheer, dance, band, orchestra, choir. I wasn't involved in any of those things growing up. So I certainly, you know, had a learning curve just learning about those different programs. But honestly, it's one of the best experiences I've had because I have worked with other programs in the school and the talent of our students who are walking around our buildings that aren't in athletics, it is mind blowing to me. And I can remember the first musical I ever went to as an activity director. I mean, I had goosebumps the entire time going there. A, I would never get up there and B, the talent that our students have. It just, it blew me away. So it really, I think it really shaped my work as an assistant principal because I was getting to know a different type of student. And then of course, when I transitioned to athletics, I, I know the other side of it as well and not just in working with sports. So I was there for eight years five years as activity director. And then the last three that I was there, I transitioned into the role of athletic director. Wow. Very, very cool. I always love to hear the stories and uh, just, uh, we, we have another, there's small connection back in the nineties. Uh, I was the uh, offensive coordinator and head track coach at Missouri Valley college. So we yeah. competed with uh, uh, mid American Nazarene, uh, you know, very, very good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Talk a little bit about that transition from, you know, the, the teacher coach, you mentioned your assistant principal in activities. Now, all of a sudden, you've got athletics under your um, uh, supervision and responsibility. How was that, uh, you know, first starting out? Uh, well, I think I was really, I, I was in a very fortunate position, I think, at Olathe East, whereas a lot of ADs don't get this. You know, I had been there for five years. And so I had, you know, I knew staff very well. I knew coaches, I knew kids, I knew parents. Um, I was able to establish myself and in, in kind of the, you know, my leadership style and the way I do things. And so people knew that going into me transitioning into the role of athletics. So I was very lucky, you know, I had a great supportive staff for my coaching staff and my administrative assistant, the administration there. Um, I was extremely fortunate. It really was a smooth transition from activities into athletics. I honestly can't imagine going from the classroom to administration slash athletic director. Um, since I lived it and had kind of the transition period into athletics, it was, I think, a huge benefit to me. Um, but I mean, obviously, you know, there's so many differences between the classroom and being an administrator and, you know, your schedule goes right out the window, no matter how organized you are, your time is not your own, you know, I mean, but I really do feel like I was very fortunate in those five years as activities to transition, because I feel like the time commitment and the work ethic was already there and already established. Now, you mentioned uh, when you became activities director, you had cheerleading um, you know, any athletic director will say with a little bit of truth that, uh, you know, most of their athletic director headaches come from that cheer program. But uh, <laughs> no. For our listeners, we're visiting with Dr. Amanda Fonts. She is the assistant principal and athletic director at the Lawrence Free State High School in Olathe, Kansas. We're going to be back with some more, but let's take a quick break and hear from one of our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Huddle for their support of the Athletic um, uh, Directors Podcast here. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. 
More than 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, are using Huddle to elevate the performance of their student athletes and their teams using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete platform for performance. They've got online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras, including the Huddle Focus. We have a Huddle Focus camera in our gym, and it is fantastic. Our volleyball coaches and basketball coaches love it. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle's built for every level of play, including club and youth programs, high school teams, college teams, and even the professional teams are using Huddle. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and of course, the college and university coaches that you're trying to get your kids recruited to. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to their website at huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, Huddle, we power sports. We're back with Dr. Amanda Fonts, the assistant principal and AD at the Lawrence Free State High School in Kansas. Um, and for listeners, we're recording this on November 10th, so you're going to be hearing it uh, in a very timely manner. Uh, Dr. Fonts, um, in our profession, we always talk about the importance of leadership and particularly mentorship. So who are some of your mentors that you had? Maybe family members or coaches growing up. I know you mentioned a couple already, uh, but who are some of those people? The expression I like to use is I still hear those voices in my head. So whose voice do you still hear? Oh, wow. Well, so I kind of divide this up, you know, and thinking this through in three different phases of my life, to be honest with you. So early on, you know, my family, we've always been extremely close knit. My mom, my dad, and my sister. Um, my sister is six years older than I am, but we're still, we're best of friends today. And we were growing up, even when she didn't want to acknowledge that I was her little sister. But uh, my parents, you know, they were very, very influential over my sister and I both. Um, I am who I am today because of my parents and the skills and the traits that I learned from them. Uh, my organization, my borderline OCD, because I'm such a detail-oriented person. Um, I would say like my sense of humor, my demeanor, all of that I think is, you can see it in, in, in my mom and my dad. So they have been very, very influential. Um, I'm very close with them. They're my closest confidants. We spend as much time together as we possibly can. So they have been huge, hugely impactful in my life. Um, when I went into, you know, I talked about Mr. Williams and, and how he sitting in that government class completely changed the, the path that my life was on. Um, leading into my professional, professional life or my career, um, Dr. Heinen, who was that principal who sat me down and said, is this really what you want to do with the rest of your life? Um, she obviously has shaped who I am as well in my role as a leader and in my role as an assistant principal. And then I also had um, a female district administrator, Dr. Gretchen Shirk, who was one of my biggest champions in when I started my doctoral program. So she definitely has had a lot of influence and I don't know without her support and encouragement, I don't know that I would have ever even started the doctoral. So um, certainly those two women have been very influential. You know, now um, that I am 21 years into a career, you know, the women who do this job every single day, um, they are mentors to me because having lived it and walked in my shoes, I know what they're going through. 
And so I really do rely upon a lot of them to help me and to be a support network for me. Um, the ADs that I work with in the Sunflower League, um, you know, I don't want to name specific names, but they all, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. I work with a great group. There are 13 other ADs in our league and we all get along very well. We bounce ideas off of each other all the time. I'm always stealing and borrowing and begging things from all of them. Um, you know, our state association has been very impactful for me in, in some of the connections that I've made there. There are certainly athletic directors at the state level who I am aspiring to be more like in my daily role. Um, and then just also, you know, there are other people who I've come across. Mike McGurk is someone who has been, you know, a big champion for me. Um, and, you know, he's across the state line. And so I've just had the opportunity to, to meet so many people and I, I'm very observant of people. And so I, you know, they may not think I'm paying attention or they may not think I'm noticing something, but I'm always trying to pick stuff up from other people so that then I can hopefully, you know, embody those traits or I can, you know, steal something that they're doing that they're being really successful at. So I'm constantly looking for people um, that I can, I guess, attach myself to and, and, and learn from and better myself. Oh, very cool. I really appreciate you sharing that. You and I talked a little bit before we came on uh, about the NIAAA and, and your involvement. And, you know, as we've said, you know, you've got your PhD, which is you know, certainly a monumental accomplishment uh, and a time, I'm going to say sucker. Uh, so talk a little bit about how now you are very proactively getting involved with NIAAA. Sure, absolutely. So I've been a member for all seven years that I've been an athletic director. Um, and I can tell you the wealth of, of resources that have been available and the level of support has been, it's been huge for me. Um, and getting to meet people across the country and, and learn what they're doing. Um, you know, again, I'm always looking to attach myself to people so I can, you know, just absorb information from them. So it's been very impactful. Um, I've been very fortunate. I have gone to the National ADs Conference six years. This will be my sixth time of going in seven years. So I consider myself to be very fortunate to have that op opportunity. Um, I have taken a little bit more of a probably untraditional path as far as the certification and the coursework. Uh, when I became an athletic director, I was right in the middle of my doctoral program. So I was still in classes once a week. And so, you know, the CAA, I know it's very important, um, but I did not pursue that right away because I really need my attention to be focused on that. I will say, I guess the mistake I made is I went to the national conference and I took a class and I was like, this is the best professional development I have ever had in my entire life. And so then it was like, I got sucked into it because it was so good when I was there, I wanted to take advantage of it. You know, there have been conferences where I've taken three classes um, because I couldn't choose what I wanted to take that year or what I didn't want to take. So I've taken um, 10 LTI classes now, um, as I shared with you, I just took 501 last week or last Sunday, but um, <laughs> I think it's so important and it is a profession, that organization and the opportunities that it affords us, because I do firmly believe I'm an educator. Like that is the path that I took. That is what my career is. I'm an educator first. And I think if I'm not educating myself, how on earth could I ever expect to educate others? And so just the opportunities that those classes have afforded me, again, the people I've met in those classes that I'm still in touch with, um, you know, that's huge because I would have never had that opportunity without the NIAAA. So I'm extremely appreciative of it. 
I've been able to be a workshop speaker last year when we had to do thing, every, everything online, um, but I am getting also the opportunity to do it live and in person in Denver in December, so I'm very excited to do that as well, um, so I'm really looking forward to it, and I just, my goal is to start teaching LTI courses at the national level. That is, that is kind of the next goal on my list of professional things that I'd like to accomplish is to become a, a national faculty member to teach courses. Very cool. And so for all of our listeners, make sure you go to Dr. Amanda Fonsi's workshop <laughs> and uh, self-promotion here. Uh, hopefully you'll sign up for 701, uh, the middle school course or the new course 716 partnering with parents that uh, yours truly will be part of that teaching faculty. We're visiting with Dr. Amanda Fonts from the Lawrence Free State High School in Olathe, Kansas. We're going to be back with some more wisdom, but let's take another quick break and hear from one of our sponsors. You know, Wall of Fame by Vital Signs is on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen options, along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, visit vitalsignswalloffame.com or learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute. Call them at 614-981-3589 or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Uh, Amanda, at this point, um, we always like to share what we call best practices. So you've been at a number of different schools, you know, very successful, you know, high school athlete, and you know, certainly took some notes. Um, what are some best practices that you have seen, or maybe some initiatives that you've actually started that you're particularly proud of? You got some stuff you can share with us? Absolutely. Um, I think the biggest thing as far as what I've actually seen in practice is just the level of communication that's required to have a successful athletic program. You know, I've been very fortunate to work with some outstanding coaches who do a phenomenal job of communicating with their kids and with their parents. And so I try to absorb as much from them as I possibly can in the methods of communication that they use. Um, and also that's where I kind of beg, borrow and steal from other athletic directors that I've, that I've worked with is just their methods of communication that they do. You know, I, I, sometimes I think I do coaches would probably tell you I over communicate sometimes. Um, but I think in over communicating it's, it lessens the margin of error that can happen. And so I really do think effective communication. Um, and I think that knowing your style of how you communicate best is, is very important and knowing who you are and staying true to that, I think is also very important. Um, you know, professional development for coaches, I think that that's very key. Again, I've learned this from other people. This is, you know, what I try to do with my coaches, um, whether it's a book study that we do throughout the entire school year, or it could be, um, you know, different articles that we read at our monthly um, coaches meetings. It could just be questions of conversation that I have. You know, why are you a high school head coach? What is it about that that drew you to that when you could go to the club world and make a lot more money than coaching at the high school level? So I think just really opening up dialogue, I think has been very important. And then 
you know, creating that environment for coaches to grow, even if I'm not saying like, here, we're going to take a class and you're going to learn. And we're, you know, it's giving them that opportunity to have dialogue and discussion with each other so that they can learn from each other that I think has been very, very helpful. Um, something, you know, that I've started that I'm extremely proud of is our student athlete leadership team. I started this at Olathe East. Um, I started it when I got here to Free State. So it's the salt of the firebirds. Um, and this is a program that I that I created from ground zero, you know, seven years ago. Um, but it's most definitely the, the thing I'm probably the most proud of in my entire career is having the opportunity to work at instilling and helping to nurture leadership skills within our student athletes um, and, and having, you know, conversations about, you know, what does it mean to have good character and to be a person of integrity, um, leading by example, and then also the importance of giving back to our community um, is a very key component of, of the salt of the firebirds. Um, and then something else, um, again, beg, borrow, and seal. Uh, when I was working on my doctoral program and all the research I was doing that talked about why women don't go into positions of leadership roles in athletics, one of the key things is there's not a networking available for women. So they might get that job, but then they feel like they're on an island by themselves and don't have other women that they can share experience with. So I've created FADS, which is the Female Athletic Director's System of Support. It's here in Kansas. Um, we started last year. We met all last year during the pandemic, and, and we're up and running this year. But it's just an opportunity for ADs at the high school level. So it's 1A all the way to 6A, so very vast difference of what our daily jobs look like. We have some ADs who are in the classroom full-time and their athletic directors all the way to assistant principals ADs or they're just in the role of athletic director. So it's a wide gamut, um, but it's all across the state of Kansas. We meet online and it's just an opportunity for us to get to know each other and really for us to know that what we're going through, we're not going through it on an island, that there are other people who are experiencing some of the things, same things. So it's a, a chance for us to kind of commiserate together to encourage one another and then hopefully to, you know, be somewhat of a, a role model or an example for those newer female athletic directors who are, are coming into the profession. Very, very cool stuff. You know, obviously, you know, your SALT program helps your student athletes and now your new organization is helping athletic directors. We'll do this at the end of the podcast, but if one of our listeners wants to reach out and find out more about, you know, your high school program or your organization, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Email me, amanda.fonts at usd497.org. Or I am on Twitter. Um, my Twitter, I'm not social media. I, mean, I tweet a lot, but I'm not super fancy with it. Um, but at adfonts, L-A-W-F-S is my Twitter handle as well. All right, we'll do those again at the end of the program. Um, thanks again for sharing. Uh, we're going to take another quick break but we'll be back with more from Dr. Amanda Fonts. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive uh, for their support. We actually have a Sideline Interactive video scoring table in our gymnasium, and it is a tremendous tool. We use it for games, of course, but we also use it when we have a signing ceremony for one of our student athletes. It's tremendously versatile and their customer service is top notch. So please check them out. You know, it's becoming harder and harder. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department. 
The sideline interactives, indoor scoring tables, and video boards make $10,000 or more every single year for your athletic department, while also creating excitement and the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action and find out exactly what these fantastic products can do for you. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. You really need to check them out. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting once again with Dr. Amanda Fonts. She's the assistant principal and athletic director at the Lawrence Free State High School in Olathe, Kansas. Um, Amanda, um, I've been doing this for a long time, and, and you're certainly, you know, no rookie. So uh, I'm going to guess uh, the phrase, you know, old school coach, you know, might have some meaning to you. So here's my question. How can an athletic director or a head coach find the, the right balance between, let's call it an old school philosophy of, come on, you got to be tough, you got to suck it up, while also being aware of and very sensitive to the real social emotional challenges that a Generation Z kid is experiencing? Do you have any advice for us? Well, it's certainly been um, trial by fire these last couple of years, to be honest with you, because this is my 21st year total in education. And of course, like everyone else, you know, pre-COVID, we really didn't have these, these conversations. Um, and I think it was more um, taboo as far as, you know, socially, we didn't discuss mental health as much as what we do today. Um, and so that's one, I think one of the benefits that we've seen from COVID and the pandemic is those conversations are more ongoing. We're seeing professional athletes who are being more open about their mental health. And I think that that's having a, a trickle down effect um, on our student athletes. You know, I think that the biggest, the biggest thing for me, which is kind of ironic. So I went to Lubbock, Texas when Bobby Knight was the men's coach there. And I went two years in a row to watch practice. And I don't think you can get more old school than Bobby Knight, especially when we're having this conversation, mm -hmm. you know, but what I learned from him those two years is, you know, he had extremely high expectations for his players and they did everything they could to meet those expectations. And yes, sometimes he did use language that would maybe tear them down. But I can tell you being there and witnessing it firsthand within 30 seconds, he is building those kids right back up. And I think that sometimes we lose sight of the, the building back up part of it. I don't think there's a problem with having high expectations for student athletes. I don't think it's have a problem for anybody to have high expectations. They need to be attainable expectations, of course, and realistic. But I think that when we don't have those expectations or we don't hold student athletes accountable, we're doing a, them a disservice to when they transition into life beyond high school. And so I think it's having, having that, but then balancing that with the importance of the social and emotional health piece. What our kids are encountering today, I hate saying kids, what our student athletes are encountering today, 
I couldn't have dreamt of enduring when I was in high school. I can't imagine the impact of social media and that what that plays on our young, uh, on our student athletes, you know, that just the internet and everything is accessible to everyone. The recruiting tools that they use now when they're not even in your living room having a conversation with you. I mean, it's like if you are a student athlete who wants to play at the next level, every day for you is a job interview. That's how you better conduct yourself because someone's going to find something that's been posted that's been either taken out of context or it's you in a video that could be used against you. So I think it's important to communicate that to our young people. I think it's important to really try to foster positive relationships and let them know you're not, you're not meeting the expectation or, hey, I really see that you're struggling. What's going on? There's something here that's different about you from two weeks ago to today. So, you know, knowing who our kids are, having those relationships and having those open conversations, I think is very important. I think sometimes as adults, we don't want to interfere too much. Um, but, you know, I, I can tell you, I've had experiences this fall with student athletes who they are really struggling with their mental health. I mean, really struggling. And the door is open and they know that they come in, we have conversation. I'm a confidant for them. I'm working with their teachers, with their coaches to help communicate. Um, but it's, you know, it's the things I talked about. It's the social media, it's the recruiting, it's the club. Comp, the level of competition and the competitiveness there um, that's really weighing on our young people. I think we, we have to be sensitive to that, but also balancing out having those high expectations and holding them accountable as well. You know, I, I'm so glad you shared that. Um, certainly the awareness and the sensitivity is, is a huge factor uh, for coaches and ADs, but you, know, you really articulated the part that doesn't get mentioned uh, too often, and that is communicating the expectation, um, and you know, communicating um, how we're going to achieve that. And and you, as you mentioned, even with Coach Knight, you know, the encouragement, the balancing, the encouragement, you know, with um, let's say the the other uh, motivational techniques. Okay, very very cool stuff. Uh, Dr. Amanda Fonts, so this has been really cool, and uh, we're going to be coming back in just a minute to find out what you are going to put in your toolbox. We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment. We're going to be back in just a minute uh, to find out what's going to go in Dr. Fonts' toolbox. Please stay with us. Once again, we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect some really cool data that's completely comprehensive for your program and allows you to evaluate and improve almost every single facet. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also gives you access to the 95% of the players and the parents who really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. I really encourage you to check them out. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. 
Well, Dr. Amanda Fonts, this has just been so cool. I know we um, spent a couple of weeks playing email tag, trying to set this up, but it's been really great uh, listening to you, getting to know you. And I'm looking forward to maybe hanging out with you a little bit at Denver. Um, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. We've already established that you're not only an experienced AD, but a very successful athletic director. Right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Amanda Fonce's athletic director toolbox? Okay, the first thing I would say is your ears, and you need to use them to listen and not just hear all the noise, because there is a lot of noise in this job. And you need to be able to listen to what is important, decipher between what's impactful and what's not, what is the noise. But then you've got to be able to listen so that you can learn. Because this job, every single day I'm on the job, I am learning something new every single day. And that's because I'm taking the time to listen to those that I am serving and working alongside. Um, the second thing I would say is you absolutely need to become a member of the NIAAA and your state association. Um, those two resources will be invaluable to you in your career, whether it's day one or year 10. Um, you will rely upon those two different groups to become a, a support system for you. And then the third thing I would say is do the work. You've got to be ready to do the work. So I don't know how we would phrase it as a tool itself, but you better figure out how you can do the work because this is a hard job and it's only getting more and more difficult, I have found, the longer I sit in this chair. Um, but you better be ready to roll your sleeves up and to serve other people because I firmly believe that that's what my primary role is. So whether I'm picking up trash or I'm setting up chairs for a basketball game or I'm leading professional development with my coaches, um, whatever the job requires, you better be ready to, to do the work. You know, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that, uh, you know, people have asked me since you know, I retired in June after 41 years. Oh, uh, Congratulations. And, uh, <laughs> I, I highly recommend it. But, uh, um, you know, you miss the relationships with the kids. You miss the relationships with the coaches and sometimes even those parents, too. Um, but the things you mentioned, you know, uh, getting there and, and setting up for a game, staying there until 1030, 1045 to turn the lights out. It's part of the job. Um, and I, I always used to say it certainly beats working for a living. Uh, and you got to embrace all those aspects. You got to I love what you said. Do the work um, because it is, you and I know if you enjoy it, it's really not work. OK, it's, it's really, like I said, better than working. Dr. Amanda Fonts, thank you so much for being on the program. One more time, if somebody wants to reach out and pick your brain, and listeners, I really encourage you to do this, um, or find more out about your organization, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. So email me, amanda.fonts at usd497.org. Um, I'm on Twitter at adfontslawfs. Or you could also visit our athletics website, which is freestateathletics.com. And you can find out my contact information there as well. Very cool. Um, thanks so much for being on the podcast and all the best moving forward at your school and with NIAAA. Thank you very, very much for having me. This has been a true joy. Thank you. Oh, you've been great. 
For listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Before we go, we also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider for schools and colleges. Learn more at hometownticketing.com and join us every other Wednesday for What's Up with Upchurch. Jessica Upchurch, longtime Florida athletic director and now a member of the Hometown Ticketing team, shares best practices for hometown ticketing. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing.